When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I just have so many times see people chasing this rabbit out there that they think, oh, if I just did this, if I just quit my job or if I just left my spouse or if I just didn't have kids or, or whatever the case is, there's, there's you know thousands of scenarios that you could want more from. But is that really what you want? And is that really what's going to bring you the most happiness? And so I think you really have to define what is the most important to you and then go out and validate that because that can change and that can be fluid throughout time. I just, I see so many people thinking that they're unhappy in their current situation, just flocking to another one, exchanging one evil for another. Maybe they have more time freedom, but maybe they have more income insecurity. And so, you know, is that stress and is that strain that could bleed over into personal relationships or other areas of their life worth the offset? So I just think before people make a change and make a transition, they need to look at themselves and look inward and understand if the struggle is it within them or if it's really an external factor that would make the situation better. In the back of your mind, your dreams should be real, right? Thanks all for tuning in to Dreamcatchers, where we make things happen. Dreamcatchers was formally launched to unlock the hidden potential in successful, self-motivated individuals who desire to take their life's work to the next level but need support to evolve. We are a collective group of professionals with various backgrounds that use our talents to assist those individuals in realizing their wildest dreams by providing education, inspiration, and direction. This podcast is where we share the lessons we've learned along the way to catching our dreams and give you some context around the how and the why to each approach to put you further ahead on the journey to catching your dream. Are you ready? Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Dreamcatchers podcast. I'm your host, Jerome. I've got the pleasure of having John Blanton with me today. John, how are things out in Raleigh, Durham, Apex, you know, the triangle? What's up, Jerome? Super excited to be here. Thank you so much for, for having me on. Things are going outstanding. It's a beautiful day out, and uh, looking forward to having this conversation. Man. So before we dive in, if the listeners want to get in contact with you, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn, uh, John Blanton, uh, linkedin.com slash Joe Blanto, or i um, super excited because I'm actually launching a podcast, Contrarian Cashflow. So on all major hosting platforms and then also YouTube. Beautiful. And so John, like, let's dive into the background. Like, what have you been working on and what are you most excited about right now? I mean, the biggest thing that I'm most excited about is my mindset, man. It's just like, there was this shift, like, and I just... I don't know. It's just been intoxicating just that I kind of have this belief in myself that I have more capabilities and that I can actually accomplish the goals that I'm setting forth. So I think the thing that I'm most excited about is just all the education, all the content that I've been consuming recently has just really empowered me to have a belief 
and a lack of fear in whatever comes, right? And especially in a time such as now with COVID, how it's so easy to get down through the media or challenges in life, whatever the case is. I'm a very extroverted social person. So, you know, not being able to interact with other people face to face has been challenging for me, but, um, you know, really looking internally and seeing what I can do to control the situations around me, you know, really has me the most excited right now because I just feel so fortunate to be alive and to be able to empower others and uh, see how far I can take myself. Got it. And so what have you been working on over the past 10 years or so? Yeah, so my journey is a little bit interesting. Uh, I'll start from a little bit from the beginning just to give a little bit of context about, you know, I've, I've kind of always had the underdog mentality. I've always been, you know, the short, chunky guy in sports and stuff. You know, I was decent enough at baseball and football, but, you know, being 5'9", uh, playing offensive line, you know, it doesn't take you very far, uh, you know, from a football perspective. But um, so right out of school, I went into school pre-med thinking that I wanted to be a doctor. And uh, I just got into school and realized I, I wasn't a huge fan of school. And so from there, I got into to, uh, personal training and athletic coaching. And I loved it. And it was great. I got to work with kids. I was up in the morning, out in the evenings. We were on the field all day long. It was awesome, right? Seeing their progression and everything. But then I had a realization saying, hey, man, like, if I want to have a family, this is the time when I would be spending time with my family, be it in the morning in the evenings on the weekends. And I mean, these guys were going at it hard. These guys and girls that were coaching, I mean, they're, you know, all day, Saturday, all day, Sunday, that's, that's really the money time. And so I had done that. I had actually had my own club baseball team that I was managing. And uh, if you want to really put your feet to the fire, coach youth sports and, uh, and really see how parents, how, how parents get at you. I, I hate to say, but I think that's maybe the depths of humanity. Uh, you know, that nine to 13 year old range when everybody's the next, whatever the case, LeBron James or Michael Jordan or, or what have you, Ken Griffey Jr. You know, and, and they're all getting full rides in, in college scholarships and, you know, no matter what you do or say to them, you're wrong. So, uh, you know, it definitely taught me a lot around t- uh, thick skin and, uh, you know, how to kind of manage different personalities. So from there, I started looking for corporate opportunities. And uh, because of that fact, I wanted to have a little bit more uh, stable schedule. And uh, it was really difficult for me to find a job. Um, It was really hard. Uh, I was living in Southern Arizona at the time. And I was about to interview at Enterprise Rent-A-Car. And I was super stoked. I'm like, man, Enterprise hires everybody, right? You know, like they hire everybody. And so I started, I went in for the interview and the guy's like, tell me about your leadership experience. And I'm like, oh, this is perfect. He teed it up for me. Like, I'm like, I'm a coach. You know, I've got to deal with the parents. I've got to deal with the kids. And he's like, well, how does that have to do with leadership? And I'm just like, whoa, uh, I'm sitting in my spot and I'm just like, uh, how do I reference that coaching has to do with leadership? And so I just kind of, well, you know, I've got to help the kids learn this. I've got to structure the practice. I've got to have conversations with parents, sometimes difficult and really just manage different. He's like, how does that have to do with leadership? And I'm just like, you know what, this just isn't going right. And so I'm just like, came out of that interview entirely dejected. I'm just like, man, I can't even get a job at enterprise. I can't even, I can't even get rental cars, you know? And so from there, Ended up uh, finally getting a job, went to a career fair that I really didn't want to go to, ended up finding some people there within staffing and recruiting, got a job there, had to move to Phoenix at the time, met my wife, and then we moved out here to, to North Carolina. Um, so I've been in staffing and technology recruiting for the last geez, eight or nine years now, and, uh, and then also starting to dabble a little bit in, in the investing side here the last couple of years as well. Wow. Wow. That's a lot. And I imagine... 
oh, everybody I know says that that's pretty high comp work. So how did that change your lifestyle from where you were in Arizona to what you're doing now? Yeah. So my perspective growing up always was, I was very fortunate. You know, we lived in a upper middle-class family and my dad was just always in the corporate, you know, stay-at-home mom. Dad had a, a good corporate job. And so that was just my perspective growing up. Hey, this is what I want. This is what I think success is. This is what is, is most important to me. And so making six figures was the first hurdle to bridge, right? Hey, how do I get to six figures? That's what I want to do. And so coming in to North Carolina, never visited the state before. Uh, I'm a fairly conservative person, but it was just like, you know, I was like, I got to take some risk in life, right? You know, just see what happens. And so we moved out here and it was just very fortunate, landed a job, didn't even miss a paycheck and uh, just jumped into the staffing head first and uh, just went at it like everything. Like I said, I, I had that underdog mentality. I didn't know anybody. I didn't care. I was the loudest person on the phones in the entire office. You know, everyone's like looking at me like, what's up with this new guy? Like, what's he thinking? Like, what's he, what's he trying to do? What's he trying to prove? And, uh, you know, in, in those scenarios and sales scenarios, it is kind of a, a fight to the death in, in a sense. Right. And so I had to box out my competition internally to make sure that I had the opportunity to, to feed my family and, and have a solid paycheck. So I was, there was a dude from ECU, uh, East Carolina played in the NFL. Right. And I'm just like, man, how this, you know, he's, he, he had a couple years on me of sales experience and he's from the area. And so I'm just like, man, how am I going to take this guy down? Like, I just need to go head to head. And so, you know, I had to get a little bit aggressive and, uh, you know, in a professional manner. But, uh, but anyways, I ended up coming out on top and, uh, you know, there fairly readily, you know, was making six figures within two years. You know, I, I kind of account that all for just the effort, the effort, you know, just calling people, not taking no for an answer, being professional, following up in a consistent manner. And I think that's really just where I learned that, nothing's going to, you know, fall in your lap. And of course, you know, certain things seemed easier than they were after the fact, but it was by all that initial hard work that I was putting in. Got it. So the work gave you the result and not some mystical being that showed up and sprinkled pissy dust on you, huh? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, one of the things I just looked at the opportunities where there would be less competition, right? So, hey, this is a smaller company. No one's going to really want to call on them. And then all of a sudden I call that person and then I lock them in and then it's just done, right? And then all of a sudden that's, you know, that mushrooms into more opportunities. So I think I was trying to look from a perspective of where can I really get in and, and have an upper hand versus, hey, you know, this company I know hires a lot, which is great. There's a lot of opportunity there, but at the same time, that's where everybody else is going. And so to kind of raise your hand up and make a name for yourself was a little bit more difficult. So I did both, but I think really where I hung my shingle was bringing in net new customers and being able to get business where business wasn't had before. Got it. And so where did the wife and kids fit into this scenario? Did you come to Carolina for that? Or like, tell me a little bit about that story. Yeah. So, I mean, that was really part of the reason or the main reason we came to North Carolina. Um, yeah. My wife was pregnant at the time. And so we were coming to here because uh, this is where her mom lived. And so that's what brought us to North Carolina. And when we got here, it was a real challenge for her to find a job. And, uh, you know, we got in a couple spats and stuff, right? Because she's pregnant. So she's tired laying around. I'm like, you can't even find a job. Come on, like, you know, figure it out. We're extremely competitive. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't anything derogatory or anything. It was more just giving her a hard time. We can give it to each other just as much as we can take 
take it. And so uh, it was really hard for her to find a job. And ironically, uh, the first job that she got was leasing up apartments uh, just outside of uh, Crabtree Mall here in Raleigh. So uh, so that was her first kind of corporate gig, uh, at least in, in North Carolina. And then she as well has since transitioned into the staffing and recruiting side also. But yeah, so we had our daughter. And uh, the thing about the schedule initially was it was just really a, a, a grind. I was leaving the house at seven in the morning and not getting home till 630 at night. And so I was making good money, but it was it was a really long day. And my health was suffering from that as well. And so that was something that I just had to find the trade-off that made sense from an income perspective versus, you know, a lifestyle perspective. So, I mean, did you find happiness in that or did you feel like something was still missing? Yeah, that was the ironic part. It was great. Obviously making making good money is great, but at the same time I didn't feel any different. You know, I just kind of like, hey, this is who I am, this is what I do. So I did it. And the first time I did it, it was cool. But then the next time I did it, it 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 was just, you know, hey, this is just another thing, right? It's just like waking up in the morning. You're like, well, I just I wake up and get out of bed. That's just what I do. And so I think the initial feeling was of accomplishment and satisfaction. But then once that that feeling uh, went away, you know, fairly quickly, then it, it really didn't see seem that much different. And I think that's what was kind of unique. And, and what I was seeing was that what I was chasing t- that I assigned to the dollar figures wasn't necessarily what was going to offer me the most fulfillment and uh, motivation in kind of pushing myself further down the path. Ooh, now you're getting into the contrarian part of the world, right? And so we always talk about decoupling our time from money and being able to have some financial freedom and some impact. Did you ever get to a place where you ask yourself, what's the point in this? Yeah, absolutely. Growing up, like I said, my dad had a very successful corporate career. Um, but at a time for nine months, he was living out of the state for a week at a time. You know, so he'd leave first thing Monday morning or late Sunday night and come back Friday afternoon, right? So I didn't see him throughout the whole week. And, and that was fine, right? I mean, we, we made it work. And uh, obviously, he was doing it for the betterment of the family. But that was something that resonated with me as that's not something I ever want to do, right? I only have so much time with my family. And it passes so quickly that I don't want to let any additional minutes slide by that I can't be a part of. And so I think that's where kind of the mindset started shifting and saying, how can I find a way to, as you mentioned, decouple my time from money and start looking at other avenues to, to make income where I wasn't actually active you know, in the process itself on an hour by hour basis? Got it. And so I feel like some of this led to Contrarian Cashflow, your new podcast. Would you be willing to kind of dig in on why you feel like the world needs it and the process of it coming to fruition? Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, I feel like the main reason that I I think it's important and why people would want to listen is because I just asked a lot of questions. What's up, tribe? It's your host, Jerome. I just want to let you know that we put together a free 15-point checklist for exiting the matrix. Jump on over to dreamshouldbereal.com in order to pick your free copy up. Let's get back to the show. It was something that I was seeking, but it was also through multiple conversations that I've had with people across many different professions. And I think that's one of the interesting things about being in staffing and recruiting is you get to talk to a bunch of people from many different backgrounds. And so I was talking to a lot of these managers that worked at these, you know, what you would think Fortune 50, very strong, great companies. 
that anybody would aspire to work for. And, um, you know, they were kind of like, well, I'm just biding my time until retirement or, oh man, like it really stinks. I don't know if this year's my year that I'm going to get laid off or, or something's going to happen. Right. And it, it, it was kind of a little bit depressing to hear these people that had 20, 30, 35 years of experience that have done tremendous things for this company and for their career that are having this level of trepidation and fear. And I also was speaking to some of my colleagues in different fields because, you know, sales is kind of always one of those fields that people are just like, ah, it's sales. Like, you know, anybody can do it. You can just jump in. You know, sometimes people just kind of look down upon it versus, you know, more, you know, like a doctor, lawyer, dentist, uh, you know, other professions. And so then I started talking to some of my my peers that had some of those careers that I thought were what people would want to aspire to data scientist, professional engineer general physician, and they were all struggling with the same challenges about, hey, like, is this really it? You know, maybe I'm making a great income and maybe, you know, I'm, I've got a great lifestyle, but, you know, am I really happy and am I really getting the most out of life that I can? And I think that's really what I'm, what I'm looking for in the journey that I'm on personally is trying to understand what's, what's the point of all of this and what can we do to bring each other up and really help each other get further down that path because back to in the beginning that I was talking about, I just feel like we're all so capable and, and what we need to do to unlock that potential and be come who we are meant to be is so powerful. Got it. And so what are you most excited about? Like, what have you been learning on the journey? And maybe talk a little bit about a couple of the interviews or episodes where you feel like you found some jewels. The biggest thing is I just didn't open my eyes and ask enough questions. I think that's the biggest thing is you just can learn so much from just having a conversation with somebody. And and I've really tried to look at every conversation as an opportunity to learn, regardless of, you know, how successful or not successful I may deem somebody as being there. I'm always going to learn and gain something from that conversation. And so talking to people that have been successful and been doing it for 10 or 15 or 20 years, or somebody that's been doing it for one or two years and kind of on their, on their ramp up themselves. And I think that's the most interesting thing is everybody's got a different story and a different journey and really just trying to humanize that. And really when you break it down, you know, you look at these incredible accomplishments and, there's a lot of heartache and there's a lot of struggles along the way. Um, A lot of the reading that I've done recently around psychology and psychology of success shows these people that have attained these outstanding accomplishments in life, but then they look at their social life and it's in ruins. And so that was something that was very important to me. And through all these conversations, what I continue to learn is there's nothing more valuable in life than relationships and the investment that you can make in relationships. And so I think that's really what I'm trying to strive towards and what I hope I can impart on other people is make sure that you're making the choices based off of what's the most important to you. And I think a lot of people struggle with defining what truly is the most important thing to them in life. Wow. Wow. And so have you found any insight on how to peel back and really understand what the most important things are in life? it goes back to asking the right questions and continuing to ask probing and curious questions. Uh, you know, we can talk about our boy with never split the difference, you know? And, and so I think that's, that's the biggest thing is just really peeling back the onion because the response you get when you ask somebody what's most important to them or what are they seeking in life? Most of them haven't thought about that. 
Most of them think, oh, I need to get money so I can pay my bills or I need to do this because I want to. And when you really kind of dig in on it and say, well, what's the motivation behind this? And how do you feel after you've accomplished that said feat? And I think it kind of is interesting looking at professional athletes as they kind of transition out of those careers. They've been so defined by that professional athlete mantra that they really struggle integrating back into society. And so I think that's really the thing is we need to all look to find fulfillment within what we're doing and seek things that will provide us fulfillment and enrich the relationships around us for us to be the most satisfied and find the most purpose in life. And so I think that's the biggest thing I do is just try to ask people questions about what's important to them. Do they value family? Do they value travel? Do they value material things, which, which is totally fine. That's just not something that's important to me, but you know, for some people, that's absolutely something that they're interested in. But I think that's really the thing. It's just kind of digging in deep. And, um, you know, one thing that was recommended to me before was, uh, the, the six whys. So, you know, kind of dig in and say, I'm doing this. Why, what am I doing this for? And then you go down and you ask the question six times and it's really powerful because you get to the point where you're really defining why you're doing something and, and what the effort is, is really meant for. And so I would recommend anybody, any of your listeners to go out there and really try and, and practice that and define if, if what they're doing is aligning with what their long-term goal and purpose is, or if it's just something that's, I guess, almost like a Band-Aid uh, just for a short-term benefit. Beautiful. You're digging deep and asking a lot of the right questions, John. I appreciate you sharing that. So let's go down this path a little bit. What's been your biggest fear along the way on this journey? Because, I mean, this is a big deal. There's a lot of people out there trying to figure out, hey, is it time for me to do a podcast? If I do, what do I talk about? Will people listen? So, you know, what, what have you struggled with and what were... I guess, yeah, let's just leave it there. What, what have you been struggling with or what was your biggest fear? Yeah, well, actually, um, I just finished reading a book um, by an author that uh, actually I know personally, um, and it kind of talks about this, this dynamic of negative self-talk and how powerful that is and how we kind of fall into these traps of I'm not good enough, I'm not capable, I can't do this. So I've really just been trying to stay as positive as I can. And one of the things I heard early on that really resonated was if I can just help one person, then this will be worth it. And so I think that's really the, the biggest thing is understanding that everybody has a unique voice and has something to offer the world. And we're all going to struggle with the ups and downs and the imposter syndrome of why would somebody care about what I have to say, or I don't have as much experience or exposure as somebody has in this realm. And that's true, right? But you do have your own unique voice and your own situation that will speak to somebody and will help them. And so I think if you start off on the path and the journey to help others and do it from a positive perspective, I don't see anything that negative that can come from it. And the exciting part is I've learned so much about myself just through doing this so far that I'm so much better off for it. And I'm learning a lot of things about myself that I didn't think I had the capability or the aptitude to do that I absolutely do. And so it's almost this journey of self understanding that I didn't think I was setting out on, but that I'm starting to get to. And I hope I can just impart that on others so that they can really find and define what's important to them and define the actions that, that will bring them the most purpose and fulfillment. Wow. And so is there one 
lesson self-awareness wise that you'd be willing to share with the listeners? Yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest one is how powerful mindset is and the power of positivity and the power of negativity. And psychologically, we are predisposed to, and, and this is through, you know, many, many books of research that I've read. Um, I would recommend anybody to read just about psychology in general, but we're predisposed to gravitate more towards negative thoughts physiologically, like our brains are, are gravitated more towards those negative thoughts. And so it takes a very concerted effort to think positively and to live positively. And so that would be one of the things that I would recommend to your listeners and your audience is to make sure that they're keeping their mindset in check. Of course, you're going to have negative thoughts from time to time, but how can you break out of that? And how would that negative thought impact you long term? And if you continue to think negatively, it's only going to compound. And that's where you become what you keep telling yourself. So if you keep telling yourself that you're not enough, that you're not capable, you'll start believing it and that'll happen in your life. And all of a sudden things that in your life that were maybe going well, will start falling off or, or going more negatively. And so I think that's why the power of positive thinking is just something that's so tremendous. And I just really have seen positive thinking materialize itself into my own life. And so that's what I would really recommend for any of your listeners out there is just to invest in themselves and really believe in themselves that they have this inner being that can be more and that they can really go out and grab it. So everybody's got the capability. I'm not doing anything special and I'm not anybody that is special. I'm just harnessing the opportunity that's put in front of me. I don't know, man. I, I think you have to be special to have the courage to go off and do something like this. I mean, most people are scared to see themselves on video. They're scared to hear their voice recorded. You know, it's just those types of things that become an impediment or a block from people to expand and grow. And so I think there is something really special about that. John, what are you most grateful for? I mean, my family, first and foremost, I mean, my wife is extremely supportive. Uh, my daughters are both healthy. My parents are local to us here. And so we get to see them quite frequently. So I'm just so grateful and fortunate that I've got such a loving and healthy family. And, you know, and I've got my own health too, right? I mean, I could have been born with, you know, different diseases and things or, or whatever the case is. And I just think that sometimes we just take for granted what's, what's available to us in life. I can get up and go walk around outside. I can, you know, see my daughters every day. I can, you know, go on a walk with my wife and, you know, and we can talk freely. And I just think that that's so powerful. And so I'm just so grateful for the people around me and the people that have brought me up and the fact that I have the ability to, you know, to live the life that I can because of my health. I like that, man. I think health is the most important thing. And it's interesting that you brought that up early on about how you were working so hard and it was adversely impacting your health and how you've kind of reprioritized and moved that back to the top of the list. You know, I found somewhere where you were talking about your thoughts around people wanting to change their external circumstances, but still ending up pretty unhappy and that you had to go inward to find peace. Would you be willing to build that concept out a little bit for us before we start to wrap the show up? Absolutely. Um, and I think that's something that I've struggled with personally. Um, and I think the biggest scenario is probably changing jobs, right? So, hey, you know, I'm unhappy with this job or I don't like my boss or I don't like this 
particular scenario or my spouse or, wh- or whatever the case is. And through reading and interacting with people, I've really learned that I, usually it's not the external circumstances that are causing the discomfort and the unhappiness. It's the mindset and the the tone in which the person is kind of attacking that particular scenario. And so I think it's just so important to, to look at yourself and really break down the situation and understand, is this something that I can change myself? And will it bring me more happiness and fulfillment? Or is this something that really is an external factor that's causing me this pain and this discomfort? I'm not advocating for anybody to remain in a toxic work situation or a toxic personal relationship, but really dig in and then go and have those difficult conversations and say, Hey, this is how I'm feeling. You know, is this fair? Is this really the way this, this relationship is meant to be? And so I think really just calling things out, being transparent and being open with the situation and trying to understand what the other party's situation is. I just have so many times see people chasing this rabbit out there that they think, oh, if I just did this, if I just quit my job, or if I just left my spouse, or if I just didn't have kids or, or whatever the case is, there's there's you know thousands of scenarios that you could want more from. But is that really what you want? And is that really what's going to bring you the most happiness? And so I think you really have to define what is the most important to you and then go out and validate that because that can change and that can be fluid throughout time. I just, I see so many people thinking that they're unhappy in their current situation, just flocking to another one, exchanging one evil for another. Maybe they have more time freedom, but maybe they have more income insecurity. And so, you know, is that stress and is that strain that could bleed over into personal relationships or other areas of their life worth the offset? So I just think before people make a change and make a transition, they need to look at themselves and look inward and understand if the struggle is it within them or if it's really an external factor that would make the situation better. People don't want to look inside, man. That's hard work. I mean, that takes courage in and of itself as well. So hopefully everybody's taking notes and going to get excited about doing some of that work. Um, so John, we're coming in on the close of the podcast. We've got a few questions left for you, maybe three or four. Uh, we've already talked about what you're most grateful for. You've, you've talked about the positive mindset, but there may be something else. So I'll ask this question. What's the biggest difference in your approach to life now compared to the old you? Yeah, I mean, this is an easy one. I think it's fear. I'm not afraid anymore. I think fear is so powerful. And I think I think people look at having a high income and a high salary as a positive, but there's also another side to it. It's also stressful. As a salesperson, I would have a great year and I would say, oh man, I'm never going to replicate that again. Right. That was my thought. It wasn't, oh my gosh, I had a great year. How can I, how can I duplicate that? Or how can I beat that the next year? It was like, oh my gosh, it was always from a position of fear and weakness, not from strength. And so I think the biggest thing now is back to the mindset is I know no matter what happens and what life throws at me, I will prevail. And that took a long time. And I still struggle with that on a day in and day out basis. But instead of being afraid of what could happen, I'm I'm looking to myself and saying, what can I make happen? And what can I make a reality in my life? And so I think that's the biggest struggle that I had that I've gotten over. And I think that's where so many people struggle is this fear of if I do this, my life's going to crumble. And again, as I said, I'm very privileged. I'm very fortunate. I've been in a good position and the, you know, the world put me in a good position, but I've taken advantage of that as well. And that's why, you know, no matter what happens to me, I know that I will prevail, but for the longest time I was living in fear. And that's crazy for somebody that's making 150, 200 grand a year to say they're living in fear, but 
it was absolutely accurate. And it took me a long time. I mean, just the last couple of years, I've been able to get over that. But I'm just so thankful that I was because it's so empowering now. And a lot of that has to do with my wife too. I mean, she's just so supportive of me and of our aspirations in life. And family is the most important thing to her as well. And so I think that that's one thing I'm very fortunate for is that I have somebody in my corner that's pushing me to do better and to live without fear. Wow. So can you identify the moment or do you remember the moment when you made that shift and the light switch went on and you're like, man, this is not going to hold me back anymore? I call this the red pill moment. Yeah, it was, it was probably earlier this year, you know, just kind of working through some challenges and different scenarios and uh, kind of came to a head and had a little bit of a tiff in a business scenario. You know, my wife and I had some really, really deep thoughts and really deep conversations. But the fact that she supported me so much just like meant so much to me. And that's just how I knew that like I could make it. So Yeah, it's that moment when somebody believes in you, maybe more than you believe in yourself, that you you know that you've got to hold up your end of the bargain. So I wouldn't apologize at all or be confused about being choked up for that because I don't think many people have that type of support system and especially not in their spouse, which is sad, but I think it's something really true. And I'm sure some listeners are shaking their head right now. It's like, yeah, I know what that is. One of my favorite scenes from the movie, The Pursuit of Happiness, is when Will Smith is in the bathroom and he's brushing his teeth and he tells his wife he's going to be a stockbroker. And she's like, well, why don't you go be an astronaut too? It's just like, you know, there's so much power in our words. And so for you to share some challenges or struggles you were having with a person who knows you best and to get their support. I mean, there's, there's something magical and powerful about that. So kudos to her for being a champion for you. I, I think everybody's seeking that and desires that. So great to hear you be able to say that openly. I know there's a lot of guys who are too macho to give out that type of praise. So again, yeah. I mean, and she pushes me to be better. I mean, that's the, that's the best part about it. Right. I mean, we push each other. And so, but just to have somebody that, you know, that's with you, no matter what happens, like there's nothing better than that. Beautiful. beautiful. That's probably the most beautiful red pill moment I've had on the show. So John, I definitely appreciate that. So two last questions, man. The first, what gift are you giving the world? Yeah. I mean, so I think that's something that I had struggled with before was what am I doing? Um, so I think the biggest gift that I'm trying to give the world is raise two beautiful daughters that are going to be grateful and, you know, and do more in the world. So one thing we started earlier this year was getting more involved in community outreach programs and really showing them other parts of how people live and how other families live. And um, my sister-in-law is a teacher down outside of Fayetteville in Rayford. And it's just every time I talk to her, it's, it's so sad hearing these stories and Back to the psychology, I just know psychologically what an impact pain and suffering has on the brain physiologically, not just mentally, but physiologically, the brain changes how it's impacted at that young age. And, you know, you can talk to psychologists and stuff, but there's still going to be that scarring there long term. And so I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, what can I do through my daughters to do something? But then also, what can I do to help others that are struggling in those scenarios that they have children? Because I think a lot of parents could be better parents if they had more income or if they had more means to be able to be more involved in their lives. And so I think that's the biggest thing for me is really just trying to make 
the world and the youth and, uh, you know, children in those younger generations have the ability and the opportunity to have what I've been able to have. And so just trying to pay it forward as much as possible. You know, that's funny. You always seem to go back full circle, right? You, you were involved with the youth doing the coaching and stuff early on in your career. And now you're coming back to that in a different way, but still this generally the same mission of making a positive impact on them. So I mean, again, amazing, man. And so the final question that I like to ask every guest is what's the one thing you want people to take away from our talk? The biggest thing is you can do it. I mean, it's simple as that, right? You have the power inside of you to be the person you want to be. You just need to define what is the most important to you. And then you need to go out and make it happen. There's not anything in this world that's going to be given to you. And I know it's easy to look at other people and say, well, they have this or they have that, but it doesn't matter. Everybody has their own internal battles, regardless of how capitalized or how rich or how poor everybody has internal struggles. And so I think that's the biggest thing is if you can control your mind, you can control your life. And if you can control your mind, you can will things to happen that you never thought were possible. And so I would just, I would just make sure people are investing in themselves to make sure that they're the best version that they can be and it'll pay them back tenfold. I can guarantee it. So that's the biggest thing is just get your mind right. Do the things that have the most meaning to you and everything else will fall into place. Beautiful. John, so tell the listeners one last time, how can they get access to Contrary and Cashflow? Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Well, I'm super excited. So we're launching on uh, on Monday, 1026. So any major streaming platforms, it'll be out there. And then also we'll have uh, video replays as well on YouTube as well. And then, yeah, you can just find me on LinkedIn, John Blanton. And uh, yeah, happy to help in any way that I can. Beautiful. John, I appreciate you being contrarian and I look forward to continuing to build our relationship, man. We'll talk soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Jerome. Love the conversation. Thank you for joining the tribe today. We would love to hear from you. Please don't forget to rate, like, and share. Perhaps someone you know could benefit from what we've discussed. Until the next time, remember that your dreams should be real.